Episode nine of the Complete Bachelor by Oliver Onions. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Episode nine: The Ethics of Angling. I don't quite know how Mrs. Loring came to pick the Gibsons up. They were not what Carrie termed quite nice people. In what respect it was easy to see and difficult to say their jewellery was unexceptionable and barely ostentatious their manners passed the presentation standard if falling a little short in the nicer requirements of tete-a-tete they did not offend in the matter of mr and esquire but sniffed somewhat of r s v p mrs gibson too insisted on the forms of chaperonage in a way that was rather more than a passing bow to custom and which suggested the possibility of her having learned the necessity in a different school from that of mrs loring chatterton they had money what do you think of the gibsons rawl carrie had said to me i don't like them i would rather introduce them to my relatives than to my friends i replied it was pretty evident to me after a short acquaintance with the gibsons that they were disposed to make much of me carrie noticed the same thing and spoke her mind on the subject with the freedom of engaged youth mrs gibson's a horrid woman rawl and it's my opinion she wants you to marry miss gibson caroline i replied i applaud your concern yet cannot blame mrs gibson she can see virtue where others see but corpulence besides i consider miss gibson rather pretty i'm sure she's not pretty retorted caroline and proceeded to enlighten me on matters interesting and feminine mamma played the only game she knew very skilfully her only mistake was in the inapplicability of the means which was not her fault indeed i feel almost apologetically responsible myself seeing the line worked so thoroughly and mused instructively on the devotion of a mother to her child's prospects miss gibson was accomplished and expensively finished as i had remarked to carrie she was decidedly pretty and would talk ibsen to you with her face in profile she displayed an obtrusive girlhood that was not always as modest as its intention and this pose of maidenhood in bud was apparently the one designed to net me mrs gibson gave a musicale to which i persuaded carrie with difficulty she had evidently talked things over with mrs loring for that lady appeared also and i was greatly gratified at the concern with which they watched me i decided to give them all the entertainment they desired they talked with an obvious intention of interesting me and keeping me apart from miss gibson i was surprised to see so little strategy in a married woman miss gibson was running a risk of palsying her hand in a vibrant mandolin solo and producing music suggestive of the dotted line of a wheel-pen i heard carrie whisper to mrs loring something about st vitus's waltz for which i reproved her considering whose house she was in i then addressed mrs loring somehow mrs loring i said one thinks more of english maidenhood as one advances in life there is something in the unsophisticated rosebud mrs loring nodded significantly implying there was a good deal in the unsophisticated rosebud but i waited my time i had a bolt in store for her 
miss gibson had finished the solo in a tinsel diminuendo the intent of which was to enchain the soul a while longer in the regions to which it had been raised i rose and crossed over to her she was untangling herself from a mesh of coloured mandolin ribbons that would catch in the ruching of her corsage they're such a nuisance mr butterfield i shall cut them off i think i smiled at the unintentional suggestion and assisted her in the extrication glancing across at mrs loring's disapproving face miss gibson sat down and made room for me beside her she twined the mandolin ribbons among her fingers and mrs gibson moved further away are you leaving town soon mr butterfield inquired the unsophisticated rosebud engagingly it was a better opening than i had looked for i took advantage of it i had meditated going down into the country for a little fishing shortly i replied probably in a week or two you are fond of fishing are you not mr butterfield she inquired tying a knot in a red ribbon it's a pleasure i answered as much of the mind as of the body i know of nothing more exciting than the suspense of the first nibble the angler male or female has peculiar joys and fears of which the layman knows nothing oh i should so love it replied miss gibson glancing down at a small shoe that protruded from the lacy hem of her skirts i followed her glance and knew in my soul that mrs loring and carrie were watching me the first nibble taken i continued warming to my work all the finesse of playing your victim commences there is a wide difference between hooking your fish and landing him he must be humoured and coaxed or you lose him bait and all i took one of the ribbons in my hand it must be most annoying to have all your trouble for nothing is it not mr butterfield you follow me perfectly i replied especially when you have made sure of your fish often enough you have chosen the wrong fly or your line has been seen by the fish and he is a shy thing a very timid creature she laid ground bait for me by dropping her fan i nibbled again and returned it to her the fish too becomes cunning with age and you must not play a middle-aged trout as a boy does a minnow believe me miss gibson he is not easily caught if he is worth the landing mrs gibson passed with a smile but did not disturb the situation i rose to get miss gibson an ice and resumed my seat near her she placed the mandolin on the other side adjusted her gown and diminished the distance between us by an inch again her fan dropped and as we both stooped to pick it up our hands touched honestly i acquit miss gibson of intention yet another method of landing your trout i continued is by what is called tickling but then your fish must be asleep and it cannot fairly be classed as sport but surely mr butterfield said miss gibson playing me with her eyes fishing must be very cruel fancy the poor thing with the hook doesn't it hurt i believe i returned they rather enjoy it miss gibson particularly what is called the softer mouthed kind of fish how very curious said the credulous rosebud somewhat absently she evidently took my remarks on the subject as so much natural history and was interested in them only as such 
she glanced at the mandolin ribbons and i saw her revolving means of supplementing the line by the net she made a fresh cast and how long do you expect to be away mr butterfield mrs loring and carrie were approaching but mrs gibson who had not apparently been watching intercepted them and dammed the stream adroitly carrie was placed at the piano and the preserve maintained inviolate mrs loring talked sweetly to her hostess with one eye on me i could not say i replied until my friends yearn for me back again i suppose she made the response elementary and shortened her line but your friends will be sorry to lose you at all she replied with a soft sparkle under her lashes i'm sure mother will indeed i answered my friends conceal their desire for my presence with most generous consideration i am allowed great liberty oh mr butterfield how can you say so i ought not to have done it i reproach myself for it but the temptation miss gibson was really nice if not quite nice it was unfair but i am of no stronger fibre than my fellow-men as i leaned forward i knew that the landing-net was ready and the gaff poised i sought her eyes and spoke low shall you be sorry to lose me miss gibson the colour rose faintly on her cheek she hesitated her eyes cast down she had not fallen in love with me it was the mother's doing help came from outside mrs gibson blinked her vigilance for one short moment carrie crowded the last few bars of music into an accelerando that would have harrowed the soul of the composer and she and mrs loring were upon us oh miss gibson said carrie with a sweetness of expression that astonished me considering the real state of her feelings do please play again rollo and i must go very shortly and we should so love to hear you won't you dear we cannot possibly leave without implored mrs chatterton nothing was possible but compliance and miss gibson took her seat near the piano mrs loring and caroline mounted determined guard over me one on each side but didn't speak it was not until we were on the way home that the storm broke rollo butterfield said mrs loring icily i'm deeply surprised at you and why my dear mrs loring i asked blandly did you propose to that that gibson girl proposal mrs loring i replied is an excitement that would be of more general indulgence but for the risk of acceptance it is a valuable sensation and i greatly regret its attendant danger you have no more perception than a child don't you know that those people are doing all they can to catch you i never saw anything so shameless she had asked for it and she should have it mrs loring i replied slowly and distinctly your ingenuousness charms me you call mrs gibson's conduct shameless yet you yourself would empty half the bachelors clubs in london i forget precisely the number of years it is since you first endeavoured to curtail my own celibate freedom but i believe you have devoted no small part of your attention to my poor case milly dixon is different she retorted of course millicent was different but i held her to the logic 
we are not discussing millicent but the ethics of angling i am surprised that you should not recognize your own position in the matter you do not want me to be more precise i don't want you to be anything but moderately sane she returned if you can't see the difference between the gibsons and millicent dixon she left me to conclude the sentence for myself mrs loring chatterton was in a bad temper and evaded the argument pettishly i turned to caroline has my little sister anything to say i asked in a come one come all tone she hadn't she cuddled her face against my shoulder and pulled nervously at her glove fingers but rawl dear she said anxiously what were you and miss gibson talking about i took her hand nothing caroline i replied but a few observations on the trout his habits and the method of his capture exemplifying the fact mrs loring struck in crossly that he is a cold-blooded creature mrs loring scored a bye End of episode 9